last week we talked about uh, from the book of Proverbs chapter 4 about protecting your heart. And the Bible says, protect your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And your heart is your spirit. And the Bible tells us in uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. So notice he says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. So what's the main part of, the, of the, our being, that we, how, how we serve God, is our spirit, man. Amen. Our spirit is what we, we uh, the part of our being. Uh, in fact, just realize, in, in fact, say this. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I, I live in a physical body. So I serve God. With my spirit, man. And that's why worship, that when we, when we say welcome Holy Spirit, that's not with our head. That's not just with our body. That's with our spirit. We open our heart. In fact, one of the things about, um, the Bible says worship God in, God is a spirit and they that worship him, John 4, 24, must worship him in spirit and in truth. The opposite of that is in the flesh and with falses or pretension or pretending. And so one of the ways you can tell how good you're doing as far as, you know, walking in the Spirit is not some, some of this, ooh, I'm just in the Spirit, you know. It, no, it's just you're conscious of Him. You're more conscious of Him than you are just the natural. If you're always looking at time, then you're not, you're not in the Spirit as much. If you're thinking about others, you're not in the spirit as much. But here's the thing. In worship, the more you can open up your heart to him and keep your mind on him, then God will make himself real to you and manifest himself. He will manifest himself. Psalm 22, 3, that, that he inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. And so that starts with something that we do in our heart. And so... One of the things we said, though, last week is to watch over your heart and the condition of it. Don't let things get in there. Don't let certain attitudes creep in. And um, I didn't take the time to do this, but I was just thinking of about 40 different conditions of heart that the Bible talks about. And, um, you know, a weak heart, a strong heart, a failing heart. Um, a believing heart. I mean, a, a joyous heart. There's so many different ones that we can look at and um, to make sure that we are walking according to the Scripture. But I wanted to um, just talk about some different things that uh, along the same line that we have to pay attention to. And it has to deal with the spirit man. It has to do with the heart. <clears throat> I want you to turn over what scripture am I going to? I got so many of them tonight. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <clears throat> but we have to learn how to pay attention on the inside. 
One of the things as a believer, as a New Testament believer, is we are not led externally. We are led internally. And so that's why it's important that we keep a right heart. Why? Because what did the Bible say there in Proverbs 4? Out of it are the issues of life. You know, how many times, you know, people can have a lot of issues, good or bad, but those issues come out of the heart. And sometimes we deal with things, and it's because we haven't dealt with things in our heart. We haven't let the fire God come in and deal with those, burn them out, and so we have problems. And so one of the things that's real closely associated with the heart is what we call the conscience. And I want to talk for a few minutes about maintaining a good conscience. Maintaining a good conscience. I shared with my wife earlier, I've really never preached on this before, so this is so important, though, because um, we use that phrase a lot about uh, our conscience, but sometimes we don't understand what that is and how important it is that we maintain and keep a good conscience. Hallelujah. Conscience, well, let me say this first. Reasoning is the voice of the soul. How do you know your soul is talking? Well, your soul is your reasoning. You're thinking, okay, if I do this and I do that, then this is going to happen. And, you know, if I, if I take this step, then that's going to happen. What are you doing? You're reasoning out different things. Feelings are the voice of your body. If you're not sure about that, just pinch your neighbor. Feelings, are, that, that's the voice of your body. And how many know your voice, your, that voice can cry out? Who's ever decided, you know, Lord, I'm going I'm to be real spiritual today. I'm going to fast today. You know, I'm going to fast just 12 hours or 24 hours. It doesn't matter how long it is. Your body starts having a voice. What's it say? Hey. Hey. And if you're dumb, you, you say What? Hey, I, I, I thought I saw some fried chicken in the fridge. And see, what happens is that voice begins, it gets stronger. So that's why actually fasting can be a tool because it helps you subdue the flesh and helps you to be more susceptible to the Spirit of God. You know, fasting never changes God. He's the same before you fast, while you fast, and after, but it, it changes you. So reasoning is the voice of the soul. Feeling is the voice of the body. But conscience is the voice of the Spirit. Who's ever said, I knew I shouldn't have done that? Maybe you've had that in your life. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe I knew I should have done that, but I didn't do it. Why didn't we do it? Why didn't we pay attention? Many times because we didn't know that that was the Lord and that we should listen. A lot of churches have never... Um, learn and you know Christian people can be very good people but not learn the truth about being led by the Holy Spirit and so when we talk about conscience we're not talking about a feeling we're not even talking about a voice per se and watch always about following voices you know one of the strongest warnings you could you could hear is do not follow voices do not follow voices. <laughs> Why? Because 
every, the Bible says that there are many voices in the world, but not without significance. And so you don't want to just follow any voice. Yeah, but people can be adamant about it, and they can say, well, you know, they can say, well, well, Dylan, I was praying in the, in, in the Lord. Well, it doesn't matter what you were doing. You could have a 12-foot angel appear to you, but if it's not according to the Bible, then it's not God. You know, if you want to read some strong language, how many know we just read Galatians? Read Galatians chapter 1. Now, Paul, Paul was a real strong man when it came to preaching the word. I mean, he said, if anybody doesn't love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. I mean, that's not usually, you know, something that gets you invited back next year for the conference. But Paul said, if I or an angel from heaven preach any other thing than what you have received and what I have preached, let him be accursed. And then he repeated again. And he said, and I say it again, if anybody come preaching another gospel, he said, which is not another. There is only one gospel. There's only one gospel. You can't, you know, a lot of people, they have the gospel in the book of imaginations. You know, they just write stuff as they go. But, you know, do you know that the canon of Scripture is not being written? It's already done. It's already settled, and you just have to believe it as it is. And so, a lot of times what we could use is the word hunch. I don't know if people in North Dakota use that word, but... You know, it's, it's a hunch. It's just like, I have this hunch about the, you know, a perception would be another word. In fact, that's the scriptural way to say it because Paul said, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with much damage, not only of the lading, but also of our lives also. He didn't say God told me, God spoke to me. He said, I perceive. Well, where is your perceiver? That's your spirit. That's your spirit. That's New Testament language of your spirit. And so, and so sometimes you don't even know why you know certain things. And so one of the things we have to do is learn how to follow that. Learn to obey that. So people ask sometimes, is your conscience a safe guide? Is your conscience a safe guide? Well, if you're in the world and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is not a safe guide. Why? Because your, your conscience will will allow you to get drunk. You know, it'll allow you to do all kinds of sin and not even think about it. But if you're born again and you've given your spirit the privilege of meditating in the Word. I just love hearing that phrase. <laughs> you, give, you give your spirit the privilege of meditating in the Word of God, then that your spirit, the Word of God actually will be the source of its information. You know, now I know vir you can have viruses on computers, but, you know, it's pretty much like what comes in comes out. People program it. Well, that, that dumb computer, you know, it just put out some bad stuff. Well, it's probably because bad stuff went into it. You know, there's lots of things that, you know, it's, it's like whatever garbage in, garbage out. I don't know why I'm feeling so bad today. What would you eat today? I ate 12 bags of potato chips or, and some chocolate. Well, whatever's going to go in is going to come out. Amen. Same thing spiritually. That's why when we give our spirit man the word of God, 
then we're going to grow. And what's going to happen is that same voice that wrote the word, that inspired the word, he's living on the inside of me. So what's going to happen? As I fellowship with him, whatever he's telling me on the inside, it's going to sound like this right here. And if it doesn't sound like that, then I have to beware. Amen. And so it's so important to hear the word of God. And, um, but, you know, even baby Christians can, can operate in this realm. I remember hearing the story of this one um, gentleman. There was actually a, a man that had, um, he was very well known. He was an evangelist and he was speaking in a, in a church. And um, anyway, he started teaching some stuff that was kind of not, it was, it was not right. It was a little bit off doctrinally. And he had a check about it. But he had told, he was part of another um, church, and so it, he went, you know, visiting another church, but he told his Sunday school class of several hundred people, I think it was a Baptist or Methodist church, and anyway, he told several different, all these people to go to that meeting. Why? Because it was a special meeting and things were happening, and supernatural, but it was off. And so... But it was too late. He lost like, I think he had like 500 in that Sunday school class. That's a pretty big Sunday school class. He lost 250 or 300 people. They got taken in by that. But there was another little lady. And um, from the story, I remember she was a little Chinese lady that was just born again. She went one time, something on the inside said, don't go back ever again. But see, she paid attention to her spirit. And a lot of times, baby Christians, they're more aware of spiritual things. And so they're going to pay attention. So put God's word first. Let it become the source of information that your spirit needs. Hallelujah. So anything that the Holy Spirit witnesses to you will be in the word. You know, the Bible says that the word and the spirit agree. Say that. The Word and the Spirit agree. So I, want you, I also want you to understand this. And we, we mentioned this when we talked about prayer. This is the other side of this. I want you to understand. No amount of faith, confession, or agreement will um, override the witness of the Holy Spirit. So we said the Word and the Spirit agree. There's times when the Holy Spirit will lead you to do something and you can't pray against it. The Holy Spirit's saying, go over here. The Lord told... Um, oh, no. Go down to Nineveh. Why am I... <laughs> Jonah, yes, thank you. Sorry, I didn't hear you. I can see the VeggieTales movie in my head. Even the the even one of my favorite characters, the guy who looks like a carrot. Aye, you know. And um, Nineveh. Well, <laughs> you know, Jonah was supposed to go obey God. But he had a different 
he had a different way he was going to go, didn't he? But that's what the Lord was leading him to go. He couldn't pray it another way. He couldn't say, well, Lord, I'm going to go this way, and you bless it. So there's times when the Lord will lead you to do something, and no amount of uh, faith and prayer, well, I'm just going to believe. You know, the Lord said that there was going to be seven years of famine. Notice Joseph didn't say, I bind that in Jesus' name. (laughs) Well, he just prepared because... That, that's what the Lord, and so sometimes the Lord will show you things that you can, in prayer, you can change them, or sometimes you just, you can't change it, but you can get ready for it. You just have to know what, what those things are. So anything the Holy Spirit witnesses to you is going to be in the word, but also, like we said, don't, whenever the Holy Spirit's leading you, don't try to go against that, thinking I can just make a good confession. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling yourselves together as a matter of some is. But some people say, well, I don't, I'm not going to go to church. I'll just send in a good offering. Well, God's not interested in you sending an offering. He's interested in you being in the seat. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, yeah, I go twice a year. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so conscience is the voice of our spirit. I want you to look over in Acts chapter 23. Acts chapter 23. I think this is important to understand because it's, it can be very practical for us. Our conscience. Look at, look at Acts 23 says in verse 1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Now, you know, a lot of people would say, Paul, what are you talking about? Now, I didn't, I didn't write this. Um, I don't think I put this scripture in here tonight. But, you know, there's a scripture where Paul said, We have wronged no man. Now, you're talking about a man who killed people. But he's seeing himself as a born-again individual washed in the blood of Jesus. He said, we've wronged no man. He says here, I've lived in a good conscience before God until this day. Some people might think, well, that's pride, but he's just saying, no. The best of my ability, I've had a good conscience toward the Lord. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. You ever been backhand in the mouth? It's not fun. Then said Paul to him, God shall smite you, you white wall. For you sit to judge me after the law, and you command me to be smitten contrary to the law. And they said, you revile God's high priest? And he said, I, I didn't know, brethren, he was the high priest, or it's written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. So he, the Bible says here that, that Paul endeavored to keep a good conscience. Look at um, the next chapter in 24, and I'm going to go through these quickly tonight, but just to give you an idea of the importance of, of our conscience and obeying what God puts in your spirit. Look in um, Acts 24, 16. If you get nothing else with these two verses, it'll change your life. 24, 16 says, And herein do I exercise myself. What do you do, Paul? To have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. 
you know, if you want to be spirit-led, you need to obey the promptings you get in your spirit. And let me just say this. There's a couple things you need to always do. Be quick to forgive and quick to believe. I've made it a practice in my life. Some things may seem foolish. And so you try to think up, okay, how can I make it sound like it's more than it really was? And so they don't think I'm nutty or something. But, you know, I just, I've always lived like that to where I just say, hey, you know that thing I said? You know, I'm sorry I said it the way I said it. Oh, I didn't think anything about it. And, you know, if somebody's real tough, they're going to say, well, you know, that don't bother me at all. But it bothered me that I said it. And so what I do, I made it right. And you have to do that if you want to keep a tender conscience. Keep your conscience tender. That means you, you're, you quick, you're quick to repent. And you're also quick to believe God. Just, just like, that's why you can't live in condemnation. You know, a lot of people, they miss it by, miss, by the sin, but then they miss it by staying in condemnation. And that displeases God just as much. Well, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a poor, rotten, dirty sinner, and I'm just, well, no, the Bible says you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But, you know, a lot of people do that. They, they, they want to punish themselves. Well, you know, I, it's kind of like, well, you know, I eat the one piece of pie, I just eat the whole pie. You know, I missed it. I might as well really miss it, you know. No. The Bible says repent. It's just like this. You don't. I read like a bodybuilder was talking about this about you know people with their diet and they think you know hey I missed I missed one meal I might as well just cheat the whole day and the whole week he said that's just like you know if you have a tire on the roadside and you have a tire he said you don't slash all four tires you just repair the one and keep going down the road amen it's just like in sports have you ever seen somebody who gets upset and it causes them to to, to, you know, the rest of the match. I mean, I don't know if that ever happened to John McEnroe, but I know that he was very animated as a tennis player. I don't know if that caused him to lose matches or not, but, I mean, he would be shouting at the line judge and just everything. But what, what happens, you get distracted. And so, so what? If you did miss it and you repented, and the Bible says, that God's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. And then you just get up, you lift up your head, and you, you have a good, clean conscience, and you just go on about your, your, uh, your walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then I want you to um, look over 1 Timothy chapter 1. As we said, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture here, but I just want you to see what the Bible says. It, it actually has a lot more in there than I even knew. As I study this out, 1 Timothy 1.5 says, Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. What's faith unfeigned? That means not pretension, not pretending. Verse 19 says this. He says, well, look at verse 18. This charge I committed to you, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you, that you by them might war a good warfare. What do prophecies do? They help you fight the good fight of faith. You stand on that, and by those prophecies, you, you war a good warfare. 
Why? To be victorious. He says, holding faith and a good conscience. So we have to have faith and a good conscience, which some having put away. What's he talking about? A good conscience. Some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. You don't hear too many messages like that, do you? I mean, you don't hear too many people get up and say, okay, um, brother uh, Jim, stand up. Okay, we're going to turn him over to Satan right now for the destruction of the flesh. I mean, people go to church and think, boy, we've seen some strange things over there tonight. <laughs> but what happened? How did they get into trouble? They got into trouble because they put away a good conscience. Maybe they, they, they let some things slide. Don't let things slide. Who's ever just let some things slide? Oh, it'll be okay. And then what? The next day, oh, it'll be okay. I mean, you could talk about any number of different things. And then things just slide and it just goes to where people are out of control. It's just like sin. Sin starts out as a little. You know, everything in life starts out little. Everything starts out little, but it grows. That's why if we're smart, we cut off the things that are wrong and we feed the things that are good. Feed the right desires. Amen. First Peter chapter 3. Notice in verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says that we should have a good conscience towards him. What, what does that mean in a very practical way, having a good conscience? That means there's nothing between me and the Lord. How do I have a, vo a conscience void of offense towards man? That means I'm not holding grudges and there's nothing just lingering. Just, you know, something that is just between me and my fellow man. Amen. Make it right. Maybe tomorrow you need to make it right. Just, just humble yourself. Make it right. Notice uh, Hebrews 13, verse 18. Look at verse 17, because I, I talked about this on Sunday. I didn't read this verse, but I think it goes in line about giving an account that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Look at verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. Are there people in your life that are over you? Would you be able to give me names? Amen. Because a lot of people think, well, you know, there's nobody over me. Uh, maybe, maybe the Lord, you know, and, and stuff. And so, but, but people don't realize that there's a structure of authority in our lives that we have to have. He says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. That's what, what we do as under shepherds here in the church. As pastors, we are watching for your souls. As they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. So we want to, we want to, with joy, we want to account. Yeah, the River Church, every person there, you know, Lincoln, boy, he served God and he, he did everything he could for the gospel and, and, and lived 
to the glory of God and every single person in here. And notice what he says. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. So just a good conscience. You know how you have a good conscience? You do what you know to do every day of your life. You, you do what, what you know to do. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. You don't have to operate according to Alyssa's revelation. Or Sharon. Or Kwame. You, you only have to obey what God puts in your heart. Because I don't know what's in their heart. I just have to operate according to what God's put in my heart. And have a good conscience that, that, that I can lay my head on my pillow at night. Say, Lord, the best, the best I knew, I obeyed you today. The best I did. But, you know, it's a terrible thing to go to bed and, and, and not have things settled. That's why the Bible says don't, don't go to bed finding yourself nursing a grudge. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Why? Because you might have nightmares. You might have to, you might have to, you're going to have to deal with things. Amen. And it's not because God gives you those things, but because you opened yourself up. So we have to obey our spirit and keep a good conscience. Hallelujah. I'm just going to read a few of these. You can just soak them up. And if you want to write the, um, the reference down, John 8, verse 9. Remember, this is when the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And we see that, that all the, the accusers are there. And then Jesus... Um, you know, wrote in the ground, and he probably wrote, well, who, who were you with last night? And, uh, <laughs> and anyway, it says that he stooped down. He says, he, he that's without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. And it says in verse 9, and when they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, the woman standing in the midst. So what caused these people to, to, to leave, their conscience was, notice how it says the eldest to the youngest. The youngest are usually the proudest. But the eldest knew, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've made some mistakes in my life. And, uh, and, and it said that they, they left, and then Jesus, you know, forgave the woman. But it was it's talking about the conscience. Look over... Um, you can just write this down. First Corinthians chapter 8. How many think it's important to obey your spirit? And you know, you know, we're not just talking about just looking for, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? No, it's just whenever God gives you something in your heart, you just, you just have that knowing about something. We used to sing a song. There's a knowing in the air that God is everywhere. And his resurrection power is moving in this hour. Amen. There's a knowing. And that's your conscience. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 7. The Bible says, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So he's talking about 
um, people that have knowledge and these things that were offered unto idols in the temple, and they were taking it. He says, you know, and we'll see in this other passage, you know, as long as the, the world stands, if meat or eating something makes me to offend my brother, I won't eat as long as the world stands. What is that? That means love works no ill to his neighbor. Love is concerned about the other person. Amen? Hallelujah. So he says, doing it for conscience sake. Uh, Romans chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple of them here in Romans. Is this okay tonight? I think, I don't know if some of you are just chewing on a little bit. Romans 2 in verse 15. Let's look at verse 14. It says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts they mean while accusing or else excusing one another. So notice he says that the, what they're doing, he says their conscience is also bearing witness. Over in uh, Romans chapter 9, the Word of God says this. Paul says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So what's he saying? You know, a good way to say that is my conscience bearing witness is I'm not a liar. <laughs> I'm not a liar. You know, you can't be a person of faith and be a liar. Why? Because your own heart will condemn you. That's why the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, or 23, Whosoever shall say in this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what? Believe that the things he saith. Well, what if you're, if you're a liar, then you, you have no confidence that your word's good because you know that it's not. But if you believe that you, and you have a truthful heart and your conscience is right, you believe that the words you say shall come to pass and what's going to happen? You're going to move the mountain. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. <clears throat> and so he says here, my conscience is also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. And then over um, in Romans 13, this is where it talks about, you know, a lot of people that never knew what Romans 13 was until a year and a half ago, and they said, oh, you, you know, Romans 13, we have to obey. They, they need to study this out, but I want you to look at um, verse 5. It says, wherefore we must, or you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For conscience' sake. So we have to learn to pay attention to our spirit, to our conscience. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 28. Now, this is the same subject that he's talking about, about when things are offered to idols and meat is offered to idols. How many know the idols are not real? There is no other God. You know, even the Lord says there is no other. And in fact, if there are any 
I know not of any. Well, he knows everything. So an idol is dead. It cannot speak. It cannot heal. It cannot set free any person. And so that's why he's saying. But you'll notice what, what he's dealing with is there are people that are weak in their faith. And if you do something, even though you know it's okay to eat it because that dumb idol is not even alive, you know, and you can partake. But there may be someone with not that knowledge What's going to happen? They're going to be weak in faith. You're going to hurt their faith. It's just like I said the other day about, you know, especially as a minister of the gospel, and, you know, people may not like this or not, but as a minister of the gospel, you don't need to be drinking alcohol. I mean, as a believer, you don't need to, much less, you know, especially a minister, because, you, you know, what the... What we do in, in moderation, the people would do in excess. <clears throat> and so it's just best to stay away from that area. And notice what Paul's saying. He's talking, he says uh, in um, verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 10, If any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice to idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not your own. So what's he saying? Not yours, because you know that it's, it's okay to eat it, because it's, it's just an idol. He said, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I may, by grace, be a partaker. You know, that's why the Bible says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are advantageous. Why? Why? Because there's other people involved, and it might hurt them. He said, if, so, you know, and that's what people say. Well, I'm under grace. Well, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, here's, here's one. People that have come out of what, the, what they call religion, what do they say? Well, you know, I'm not going to be religious. Well, no, you're not being religious. You're be, just being carnal. There's a far cry from being religious. That's why, you know, grace is not an, an operation for sin. You know, someone told um, Brother Hagin one time, you know, if you preach like this, you know, he was preaching about some different things. He said, you, you'll give people a license to sin. He said, no, pe people sin enough without giving them a license. They don't need a license. <laughs> Amen. They're going to sin anyway. And so that's what, that's the thing about grace. You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Jude, people that came in unawares, Perverting the grace of God and turning it into lasciviousness. So we can't, grace is to keep us out of sin. That's what grace is. Grace is, is the ability that I don't have to sin. Not that, you know, grace just covers it. And I love, I don't know, this is just something that just fuels my engine. And, and, and just these kinds of things and, and not that I'm up for debates with people, but, you know, I just love the Scripture. But, you know, people say things like, you know, things like this. Well, you know, grace covers it. And what a lot of times people do is they, they, they excuse themselves out of the equation. Grace, well, you know, grace covered it. That means, hey, I don't have anything to do, and thank you, Lord. I'm just, you know, I don't have to, any responsibility. I don't have to believe you. I don't have to, you know, just why? Because grace covered it. 
But there's two things that grace will not do for you. Grace will, cannot repent for you. And grace cannot receive for you. Why? Because a lot of people say, well, it's covered. But you know what? As far as God's concerned, He saved every person, but you still have to receive it. God has healed every person. You still have to receive it. Jesus paid the price, but you still have to receive a breakthrough in your finances. Well, you know, grace covered it. Well, you can, still, you can be broke and going, going down the tube saying that. Amen. And so, conscience, and that's what Paul said, that I'm going to obey my conscience. Hallelujah. I'm trying to move through these. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second, um, Second Corinthians, just a couple here. One in verse 12. Notice what Paul said. For our rejoicing in this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you. First Timothy 3.9 talks about holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. In 2 Timothy, he, the Apostle Paul says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers day and night. And so, notice again, he says, I'm serving God with a pure conscience. What does that mean? That I'm serving God with faith and a conscience. But the Bible tells us that and warns us about different things. And I want you to just listen to what this says here in 1 Timothy 4 2. Hallelujah. Just give me a couple moments. Just stay with me here and we'll. Because this is so important in our lives. 1 Timothy 4, notice what he says in verse 2. Well, verse 1 says this The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Do you know doctrines of demons are in churches? It's not in the church of Satan. It's talking about in pulpits. Teaching things as Bible that's not Bible. And what's it say? Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Here's the danger. The more you persist in something that's wrong, the more seared your conscience is, and the more, what, what the danger is, if you don't repent and, and deal with that, it makes it easier and easier to be deceived and misled yourself. And there's nothing worse than a self-deceived person. And the thing about it is, what's bad about it is you don't know that you are. But that's what happens. Your conscience is seared. So, so people that used to, you know, they couldn't do anything like that. The more and more they just allow it. I, like, I heard a minister say this. Tolerance is the first way and pathway to conformity. Just putting up with something. Just tolerating something. And then what happens? You would, people never dreamed they would ever do something. I would never do that. And then they end up doing it. 
Why? Because they tolerated it. And they, they, they spoke lies and hypocrisy, have their conscience seared with, with a hot iron. And then it talks about some of these doctrines of devils, forbidding to marry, of not eating from meat. Well, I'll tell you what, I think we just need to go get a cow right after that. So, amen. Have some steaks. <clears throat> and so, that's, that's the admonition and that's the warning, though, that we receive from the Scripture. Notice what the, the Bible says in Titus 1.15. Unto the, to the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Well, that's what it was like when, when we were unsaved. But let me ask you this. Can you have a clean conscience? Even if your conscience has been seared, even if your conscience, you know, it's just like this. You know, if you work with your hands a lot, what's going to happen? It's, you're going to develop calluses and you're going to, I mean, you know, there's people that they're, 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 hands are so calloused over, they can take a pocket knife and just cut all in that. It can be bleeding and they don't even know it, you know. <laughs> they can't even feel it. But here's the thing. If you give that thing time to heal and you leave it alone, guess what? You can, you can develop good skin. Sensitivity. That's what, that's it right there. That's what Having a, a, a clear conscience is you're sensitive. You have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you say, well, I used to cry when I sensed the presence of the Lord. You know, I, I felt his presence. That's a sensitivity. That's keeping a tender conscience. Yeah. Well, even if, you've, even if you've let things get crusted over in your spiritual life, guess what? God can make things clean. He can make things clear. Listen to what Hebrews 9.14 says. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And he's asking a question. How much more shall the blood, if, if you see the blood and bulls and goats doing this, cleaning, cleansing, how much more shall the blood of Christ Purge your conscience from dead works. What does that mean? Just like Paul said, I've wronged no man. We've wronged no man. I've lived in a good conscience all this day. The devil will say, you lying thing. I'll say, it's nothing to you. I'm washed in the blood. I'm a new creation. I'm born again. The new man is here. The old man is gone. I'm washed in the blood. And see, that's, that's what having a clear conscience is. And even if you missed it yesterday, you can get up. You can pray. You can minister. Why? Because we're washed in the blood. And then Hebrews 10, I'm going to read uh, verse 2. Listen to this here. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? It's talking about all the sacrifices. It says, because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience. Or a consciousness of sin. So the Bible says we are washed in the blood of Jesus. 
I have no more consciousness of sin. And don't let people that, that, that used to, you know, that's the, the big thing that happened when you got saved. You ever tried to fellowship with people and you hadn't seen them in 10 years? Uh, how, how's it going, man? Great, great, you know. Well, good to see you, you know. That you, you just really don't have a whole lot to talk about, you know. It's just, it's such a shallow thing. Why? Because you're on a different realm than they are. Hallelujah. So now, though, I'm a new creation. I can lift up my head. I can pray. I can minister without a, a guilty conscience, without anything, nothing between my soul and the Savior, nothing to hinder the least of His favor, nothing there at all. Amen. And here's the thing. You're either clean or you're not. You're either washed or you're not. You're either forgiven or you're not. And don't try to add your pitiful works by trying to pay penance and, and you know, Lord, I just, I'm just going to give up on the plan because, you know, I've just been so bad. No, no. You repent. I'm washed and I, and I stand up as though I never made a mistake. That's what righteousness is. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So make the decision that you're always going to obey your conscience. Obey your spirit. Whenever, the, especially when something bothers you, don't just let that go on day after day. Pray about it. You know, and that's, that's one thing about um, fellowship. You know, I, I think it was um, Donald G. He, he made this statement that... Um, you know, about having peace in your spirit. He said, it's, it's not the false peace of a doped conscience. The false peace, you know, of, of doped conscience, of, of disobedience. You know, you can just, and that's why people, that's why people do drugs and, and they drink and they get high. They're trying to, that, that gnawing on the inside, they don't want to deal with it. Well, let me just hit myself in the head, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the Grinch, you know. He just stands there and that thing just hits him. And he's like, boing, boing, boing. Why? Because he's just, he's going to put himself out of his misery. Amen. But that's why you have to obey your conscience and just deal with things. Deal with things. You know, even as, as, as a spouse. Don't let things just go on and on. Just deal with them. In your spirit, just deal with them. Why? Because... It might save your life one day. Why? Because the Lord's going to use your conscience and He's going to use your spirit to talk to you. And if you have it all cluttered up, that's why when the Lord tells you to clean out the garage, I'm going to get real spiritual, okay? When, you, when the Lord says, okay, just clean that out. Clean that out, why? Because what happens if you need to find the tool and you can put your hand on it? You know, there's some people who got four kinds of, the, they have four of the same tool, but they couldn't find it. They'd have to go buy a new one if they needed it. But then you put your hand on it. Same thing. If there's no clutter in your spirit, well, where's that direction in there? Well, I know it's in there somewhere, but I can't find it. No, you, you begin to live that way where things are not cluttered. Then when you need something, you know, where's that such such? You can just put your hand right on it. Why? Because there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing clouded. And this is a whole other message. That's why willingness also if you're unwilling it clouds your fellowship with the lord 
If you're unwilling to do a thing, then, then it clouds your fellowship. But if you're willing to do anything the Lord wants you to do, you're con- there, there's, there's no thing clouding your fellowship. And then there's nothing between you and him. Amen. Well, that's enough for tonight. You can stand up. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think, you know, we, it's, it's not something we talk about much. You know, usually when people hear conscience, they always, it's always in a negative connotation. Well, you know, they don't really, they don't have any conscience. Look what they did. Well, they just have a bad conscience or not one really that's affecting them. But you can have a good conscience. And Paul always said, I obey my conscience. Amen. And you can obey your conscience. And what is that? Your spirit. Train it to where you know right and wrong. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the conscience. Lord, that, Lord, even as the Apostle Paul said that he obeyed his conscience and he he wanted to be void of offense. Lord, we, we make it our prayer tonight, Lord, that we are void of any kind of offense towards you. That, Lord, there would be nothing between us. And, Lord, I just pray for every person here, Lord, that if there is anything, Lord, that uh, you would just speak to their heart even now, Lord, even, even in the nighttime, anything that would hinder them, Lord. And, Lord, that they would, by your grace, would remove it and get it dealt with. And, Lord, that we can go on. And, Lord, that we can hear you you clearly, Lord, that, Lord, we don't need you shouting through the PA system. We can just hear you when you whisper because there's a clean flow and a pure flow. We thank you for it, Lord, that we would, even with our fellow man, Lord, there would be nothing that, that, Lord, we forgive every person. And, Lord, any person that's wronged us, we forgive them. We release them right now. Lord, we set them free. And, Lord, no one owes us anything. And, Lord, we just... We, we have that debt of love towards every person. And, Lord, that we're going to walk in forgiveness whether anyone else does or not. We're going to forgive whether anyone else does or not. And, Lord, we won't look for someone to accept our forgiveness. We just forgive and go on and, and walk in your love. And, Lord, that love works no ill to anyone. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for your word. We just thank you more than, than anything, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, just... Help us to, to maintain a tender conscience, Lord, that, that we always would obey our spirit, Lord, because that's where you reside. And that we, when we do that, Lord, we're obeying you. And we just worship you and we thank you for it. Lord, help, help us to have a, a heightened awareness of your presence in our life, Lord, that we wouldn't miss it and that we would always follow the promptings. And, Lord, as we do, we know we'll walk into the perfect plan from day to day. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, that, that prompting in, in your conscience could tell you, don't, don't go this way, turn this way, and help you avoid a wreck. Amen. That's why, it's, you know, it's, your conscience can tell you little things and and. Your spirit man tells you little things about how to cook something. You know, look to the Lord about everything. But also he could help save your life.